0: always these important reminders um that just crop up in everyday life so not crop up oh my gosh
1: yeah isn't that the same
0: no i think it's pop is it pop up crop up like you crop something to cut it off (laughs) uh
1: but crops grow pop up (laughs) (laughs) hang on i'm actually googling this right now yeah crops up
0: up. crops up is a
1: phrasal verb Of crop, yes. So, to appear, occur, or come to one's notice unexpectedly. Oh my goodness.
0: I love learning that stuff.
1: Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 29. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and today we're here to answer all of your questions. In honor of hitting 10,000 downloads, we wanted to do our first ever mailbag episode and answer some of your questions that may not have been covered in one of our previous episodes yet. We've received so many good ones over the last couple of days, and we are super excited to cover a lot of interesting ground with this week's show. But
0: first, if you're loving the show and want to leave a rating and review, we would be so grateful. It only takes you a few minutes, but it makes a huge difference for us in how visible our little show is on iTunes.
1: This week's shout-out goes to... ME04, I hope I said that right, who left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and commented, quote, this is one of my favorite podcasts. In a culture that doesn't seem to value what I do as a stay-at-home mother and homemaker, these ladies are sending a message that taking care of our homes, our families, and ourselves are not only worth doing, but worth doing well. Keep it up, gals, end quote. Thank you so much, dear listener, for checking out the show and for leaving that review. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our modern lady tip of the week.
0: Today's tip comes from thespruce.com, and I actually have fallen in love with this website, so you'll be hearing a lot more tips from this website. Today we're going to learn about how to deal with nosy people. So it breaks it down into three steps, Um, and then I'll give you a few tips on what exactly to say. But step number one is to remember to take the high road. Don't respond rudely to rudeness. I mean, it's hard to do in the moment when we're feeling emotional, but just it's always good advice to take the high road. Uh, Number two be prepared. So if there's something that you kind of often receive comments about, I'm looking at all of our big Catholic families out there, um, have a few ideas maybe already in your head, just some light little quips that you can kind of give back to the other person and then move on but there are things like we have one of our kids one of our four kids has red hair and so it's commented on every single time we're out in public and so we my husband has a few things that he jokes about that he has at the ready every single time number three set boundaries Which this means that when you wake up or before you go out into the world during the day, just make the commitment, make a decision that you will maintain good manners no matter what is thrown at you during the day. Now, if you really want to address um, these comments, these nosy people, and you feel like you want to say something back, but you want to still have poise, here's a couple of things you can say. Uh, This one's pretty bold. You can just say, why would you ask such a rude question? Like, just come out and say it. That would stop somebody in their tracks. Or you can pause and smile and then say, I'm not even touching that subject. Let's talk about something else. I think the let's talk about something else is just a perfect way to to kind of shut down a conversation and move on.
1: Yes. Oh, you know what? I liked that uh, suggestion about having something uh, ready to respond mm-hmm. for something you know you get often yeah right because you don't know what mood someone's going to catch you into right. like an offhanded comment uh, might roll off your shoulders one day but if you're in a funk one day or something it might just really not at you but having uh, a habitual answer that you have at the ready could really diffuse a lot of your stress and the person's uh, the other person's comfort as well. Uh, sometimes I find that, you know, these comments, they may be intentioned, but sometimes they're just uh, people trying to make conversation. Yeah, and they didn't do it well that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they are sometimes just trying to say something to strike up a conversation with you. But sometimes it is rude. And sometimes it is just too far. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we do look at at first we might think, well, there's no repeat things people say to us, but if you actually do step back, you can think, okay, yeah, we're actually, that's actually said a lot to us when we're out in public or to me about, you know, a certain feature of myself or something like that. So it is good. It is good to step back and reflect and just have something at the ready. You're right. So you're not responding emotionally. You're just responding calmly and with something that can just take control back of the situation.
1: We spent a lot of time waxing poetic about our 10,000th download milestone last week, but we just could not even. Guys, we were saving the idea of doing a question and answer, ask us anything style episode for our one year anniversary. But we've been having such great discussions over these past episodes with you, our listeners, that we felt like now was a great time to just jump right in and do it now. So, Lindsay has been busy compiling all of your questions and responses, and we are going to try to get through as many as we can in this show. So Lindsay, start us off. What is our first listener question?
0: Um, Right before I get to that, I just want to apologize in case I did miss anything. I do think I saw everything, but you know what? A lot of stuff was coming in, so I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if I didn't get to everybody. But first question is, Mary wants to know, how did we meet, Michelle?
1: Well, this is actually one of my favorite stories because Lindsay's the first person that I met online that I actually met in person. Wow. <laughs> I rehearse. didn't actually know that. Yes, it's true. I posted um before our fourth daughter was born in a Catholic mom's group if I could pray for anyone during the the delivery. And you side messaged me, Lindsay. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. And you're like Okay. Yeah, you did. And you're like, hi, um, I see we have a lot of mutual local friends. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) this got personal real fast. (laughs) Did I give you like 20 things I needed you to pray about? (laughs) No, there were no prayer requests that time. And so I was like, oh, interesting. So we became Facebook friends, but I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, this is the first time I that it ever happened to me. I didn't have much experience interacting online up to that point. <laughs> so for the first few months, you were on a restricted <laughs> profile oh my setting on my
0: account. God. <laughs> what? Okay, yes. so that just meant, like, I couldn't see everything you were posting
1: in case I was, like, a psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> a psychopath or something? That's right. That's okay. right. Unless All you right. were not who you said you were. <laughs> and then after a few months of following you, I realized, I was like, oh, this woman... obviously is very authentic
0: (laughs) the good the bad and the ugly she is like (laughs) I am who
1: I am from the first moment you meet me yes yeah and and so I remember that summer once um the baby was a few months old we had our first meetup we had coffee and a play date with our kids in the summer yes yes
0: yeah and then we went out alone right pretty soon after we went out and grabbed dinner Mm -hmm. alone and that was Mm -hmm. nice too and then we just really bonded immediately over cooking shows I think that was the first thing Yes. And the Blue Jays, because we were both like baseball wives at that time. And um, when the Blue Jays were still doing well. And so that's right. Yep. And so, yeah, it just really blossomed for there. It's really neat to meet another mom with four kids. We talked about this in our friendship episode. And you happen to have two boys and two girls just like I do. And um, Mm -hmm. so,
1: yeah, we just clicked. And who knew knew? where this friendship would lead? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Okay, so what was the next question? Instagram
0: user XO Maloney is wondering, what have we learned from starting a new podcast? Because, you know, we're experts now, Michelle. We are. <laughs> how many months are we in?
1: <laughs> but oh, we have learned goodness. a lot, right? Yes. We're seven-month experts. Oh, yes. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hearing what you what you have learned because I came from a broadcasting background. Like, I know recording that first episode oh my gosh! I turned off the computer and went downstairs and I said to film like I don't think she'll do it anymore I don't think she'll do it with me anymore I think this I think I scared her
0: well we pretty much scrapped our first episode and then kind yes. of released as that little bonus one I think people don't know that that we did the first so first of all what we learned is that the podcast is not at all what we thought it was going to be when we mm-hmm. first recorded the first one none of our original plans kind of worked their way in, and God's plans kind of took over. And um, so I'm laughing about what I like. What have I learned? Because I basically just talk like I normally do. I just have a microphone in front of me, and so you actually are still doing all of the work. So there's not a lot I've learned technically about doing a podcast. Um, I have learned to over the last couple of months shut my mouth a little bit more because it's good. You have so many wonderful things to share, and I am very dominating so i've learned that Mm. to you know give and take and that's actually we want to do a whole episode on how to be a proper conversationalist
1: and i've actually been learning how to do that through doing this podcast you know what honestly that kind of ties into what i have learned so If technically I was a little bit more aware of what was involved, um, I have learned a lot about putting together a show uh, with someone else, working with someone else, marketing Mm. something that you're proud of and a product that you enjoy doing. And most surprisingly, how much uh, when you love something, you can find time to make it work and make it happen. And how much easier it is to get it done when it's truly something you enjoy. So mine all seem to be taking takeaways on a life level as well. And then a few um, things like how to host a podcast online. One thing was always plaguing me was I have this edited show on my hard drive. How do I get it onto the internet? I didn't know I had to research that. So it felt good to be learning something new. (laughs) I think that that's what I love too. Like for doing the research part
0: of the show, I'm learning something new every week. Like I'm having to look up these etiquette tips. And while I love learning naturally and I'm constantly trying to learn, it's very different when you're trying to learn something that you think other people will be excited about and Mm -hmm. making sure you get your facts straight. Like we can't sit here and just make stuff up. Like we have to be telling you guys things that we've put a little bit of work into. And so I love that. And I think that you and I both work so hard in our homes and in our families, but to have this little project that really stretches us creatively has, um, been a wonderful surprise. I didn't think that I, I would truly love it as much as I hoped I would, but I I actually love Mm -hmm. it so much more and how much we've connected with our listeners. Like that is truly the biggest surprise.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Question number three, switching gears here, this one is about food, right? Our favorite yes. topic besides podcasting. <laughs> well, it's
0: food and hosting. So really our favorite oh. topic, um, topic. So Madeline is wondering what our go-to meals are when we're hosting a little dinner party. Hmm.
1: So this is a little bit different for me because out of the two of us, when we're hosting guests, Phil actually loves to cook. I think I've mentioned that a few times and he's very good at it. So I kind of let him mm. that's his creative outlet, right? He loves to do that. And so <laughs> our go-to meals, I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> um, he won a smoker, at one of his <laughs> company conferences last year and for the past year we have been working together to perfect um smoked chicken drumsticks and ribs mm. and uh we literally feed that to everybody that comes to our house <laughs> uh, to the point where he was asking me recently he's like is it okay that we're giving this to them again like repeat guests it's still more smoked chicken <laughs> and I was like you know what I read somewhere though that to simplify hosting to encourage you to do it more that was the point of the article was have a signature menu yeah, yeah. right like you are known for this and I really loved that and I was like you know what we may feel like we eat it all the time because we're the one here and hosting but why can't we be known as I was going to say the smokers, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yep. The smoking saxes. I'm
0: yes, going to get you guys the, matching the aprons.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. What about you? What is okay. your go-to?
0: So my go-to is, okay, my mom, she won't care that I say this. My mom doesn't really cook. And so, but there was two things she made that she just knocks out of the park. And I learned both of those things from her. And they're my go-to's as well. One is your classic turkey dinner. Who doesn't love coming to your house at any time of the year and getting a turkey dinner? Like, it still seems like such a extravagant, lavish meal, right? Mm-hmm. Truly a feast. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people, A, don't know how to do the whole thing themselves or just, you know, can't be bothered. And I'm not saying that in a rude way, but just truly it's a lot of work. I can whip up a turkey dinner, like, effortlessly at this point so I love doing that when we have people over for dinner Um, but my other go-to that was for my mom is called chicken scallopini and this has the affectionate title in our family growing up that my younger brother when he was only a toddler he used to call it chicken goose and eggs and it has no goose or (laughs) eggs in it but we all call it chicken goose and eggs like that and so it throws people (laughs) off but anyways that's our family thing so it's simply but people go nuts over this it's simply angel hair pasta or i i like a thicker pasta sometimes but not spaghetti so it has to either be very thin or a little bit thicker cooked right and then um we just hammer down the chicken breasts and i literally coat them in milk and flour not even egg just um i do a flour Um, base and then milk and then flour and then milk and then flour. And then I, it's a whole combination of spices and then that I just kind of know exactly how I want it to taste and lots of fresh lemon squeeze it into the pan as the chicken is frying up and the chicken is thin. And then what it is, is the presentation. And so it's just, I always get a big oval platter and I pile the fresh pasta on top of it. I kind of lay it all out across with big hunks of lemon all across it and carry that to the table. And it truly looks like a feast and everybody likes Mm. chicken and noodles.
1: Oh yeah. Oh that sounds amazing. Okay, so what is your what is the next question? We
0: have two people who uh both Charlotte and Amanda who want to know how we met our spouses. So how did you meet Phil and how did I meet Jason?
1: Mm, Okay, so I often joke that I found Phil on a tractor, (laughs) uh just in the middle of a field. No, kidding i actually went to school with uh my brother-in-law phil's brother and uh, he had been trying to set us up for the longest time i think he um slyly invited phil over for breakfast one morning when i was living i was rooming with him and his wife i was renting their basement from them during college and i walked upstairs one morning and there was this strange man sitting at the breakfast table in all of my morning glory like (laughs) no makeup no hair done And he still wanted, he was still interested in me after that. So we kind of took it from there. And I figured that was probably the sign of a winner. (laughs) That's the very Cole's notes version. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Let me attempt. I'll attempt
0: to Cole's note this as well. Um, It It was was the late nineties and it was, (laughs) it was was a dark and stormy night. Um, Okay. No, it was um, the truly the late nineties. I think 98 when we first met. Um, So many of you might recall an instant messaging service back when the internet was still new called ICQ. And a friend of mine had met this Jason guy on ICQ and they were friends for about a year. And we, we called him internet boyfriend and um, she was going to meet him in person. I thought he might kill her. So then my boyfriend and I, and at the time we went with her to make sure that this Jason guy didn't kill her. Bada boom, bada bing. Jason and I started dating. <laughs> hi okay jason and i clicked he was it was never supposed to be romantic with the other girl and uh, my boyfriend and i subsequently broke up and about a year later um jason and i started dating and that was pretty much it so we started dating in may of 2000 and we are at 19 years this month and um but we we always say that because we didn't technically meet through icq or meet online we met through a friend but he met her online so it's Mm, a little complicated that's fair yeah yeah but i'll never i truly never forget the first time he walked into the room and we saw each other and we actually recognized each other first and said each other's names and so we often drive the kids to the same coffee shop that we met at and we're like that's where daddy and mommy first laid eyes on each other
1: oh that is so romantic
0: So, Michelle, Amanda is wondering, how do we maintain strong relationships? And this is a huge question, right? So, again, we'll try Mm -hmm. to just answer briefly, but we're talking about doing a full-length episode on that.
1: Mm -hmm. For me, the best thing that I keep in mind is that the dips and the lows are normal, So I can tend to over-dramatize things, right? Yeah. (laughs) So in friendships, uh, in our marriage, uh, with family relationships, it's not always going to be this high, right? Uh, I would love for it to be because I'm an optimist. But – and and then when – people are busy or they're in not a great mood, which is, you know, part of the human experience, uh, it it can be deflating for me and I can take it personally. Mm. Uh, Whereas if I keep in mind that, okay, this is just kind of a phase, uh, I'm going through something or they're going through something and this is normal and it will pass and this will all kind of peter out uh, if it's nothing too serious, right? Um, Just the normal everyday dips and valleys, then I, I think that helps me keep proper perspective and not take quite everything so personally and be more constant.
0: I think that's great. And that is so true. And I, I can't wait till we can look into that more because all of us, all of us have those, those hit those mm-hmm. low points and we think, oh, this is it. Oh, it's, you know, the marriage is doomed. I've thought that so many times and it, it truly it doesn't have to be that way. So we'll talk about that more in another episode. hmm.
1: Okay, we are just motoring along here. Uh, Our next question comes to us about baby names, right, Lindsay? Yeah. So, Michelle, how did you pick your baby names? Uh, For me, I've always loved the idea of picking a saint name. Mm. Um, From our Catholic faith, we have many uh, holy men and women that are held up for their virtuous holy lives. And I love the idea of uh, maintaining that connection throughout my kids' lives, through our lives. It's just this other person that uh, is rooting for your child. That's how I picture it in my head. And for Phil, he hears names uh, around that he just really likes. And between the two of us, we go back and forth all the time. But I will say that All of our kids have been like delivery room named babies. Really? We have. Yes. We've never found out the gender Mm -hmm. of our baby Mm -hmm. um, before they were born. And so that was working against us to pick a name in advance. And then we just have always gone in with like two or three possibilities for either a boy or a girl. And when we see the baby, we just kind of say like, how about this? And the other person's like okay (laughs) and that's how we name our kids and so yeah
0: i love um, it that's how
1: we do it how about you guys you have very intentional names we do we're
0: the complete opposite Mm -hmm. so none of Mm -hmm. mine are really named after saints um that is partially because we hadn't come back into the church when we had the first two um and ours i do find out what i'm having every time and i i have to um, name that baby as soon as I find out what their sex is, because I really feel like I bond with the baby in a whole new way when I call them by name. So it mm-hmm. is like an immediate discussion. Um, so Charlotte, she's Charlotte winter because I'm Lindsay autumn. And so I wanted to pass down the seasonal middle name trend and she is born yeah. in the very early winter. So I love Charlotte winter. Uh <laughs> Deacon, I laugh at because we did not think that through. And then we became strong Catholics. And now every time we're at mass and I yell <laughs> out deacon, it's confusing for people. And if he becomes ordained, then he's father deacon. But um <laughs> Deacon's middle name though is Ronald after my husband's father, who passed when my husband was only 12. So he's Deacon Ronald. And then we get to Benjamin. Benjamin was James until the week before he was born. Um everything I even have leading up to his birth still says James on it. To me, he's still James, actually. Uh, we mm-hmm. wanted to call him jimmy and i wanted my third kid to be like jimmy jimmy what's <laughs> up jimmy and uh, he's such a jimmy too but jason is a police officer and like a lot of my friends who are teachers they get turned off of some names so that month he came mm-hmm. home and he's like i can't do james i just can't this month so he benny is the na- only kid that jason named and so it's benjamin Derek, mm-hmm. and uh but the funny thing is for saints names there is no, there's actually a saint that's Saint Benjamin the Deacon. So I just celebrate both of my boys, both of them yeah, on that day. And then finally, um, Eloise June. Um, I loved the name Eloise. I love how it looks written and it's French like Charlotte. And um, so we loved, we knew we wanted her to be Ellie. So she was Eloise. And June is after my beloved grandmother, the woman who is the reason why I am the way I am, who is named June Jones, who is just like June Cleaver. So she's my little June bug.
1: Mm -hmm. Next, Mandy asked us for advice and tips on raising modern little ladies. Now, we'll do a whole other show on that because I feel like we have a ton to say (laughs) having daughters ourselves. Um, But Lindsay, you did have a thought that you wanted to share right in answer to this question.
0: Yeah, I loved this question. And I, as soon Me as I too. read the word um, modern little ladies, I actually went, oh, <laughs> loud. Yeah. I just thought it was so cute. <laughs> so and we were I know you and I were both instantly excited to do an entire episode on that. So but I did want to talk about and I think that, again, like so many things we might go, oh, well, that's obvious. But it's always these important reminders um, that just crop up in everyday life. So like with most aspects of parenting, um, you know what? Our actions really do speak louder than words. So how we dress or how we speak or carry ourselves, which we call deportment. Um, These will make a lasting impact on our daughters and not actually just our daughters, but like other little girls that might be visiting your house or even teenage girls that might be coming in to babysit for you. They notice how you're dressed before you're going out for that night and how you're carrying yourself. So many women also have really fond memories of watching their moms get dressed up for a night out. And you know, what? now we are those moms and that still right. strikes me every single time. It, this all goes back. I think in my head, the ultimate modern lady is one of them, is Nigella Lawson. And she is like the, right? Like she's the British cookbook author, TV host, um, and yeah, modern lady extraordinaire. And Nigella said once when she was being, I don't want to say attacked, but challenged challenged by a definitely a more modern feminist type interviewer who was kind of blasting her for her beauty, actually, and how maybe Mm -hmm. they use her beauty to sell cookbooks which heaven forbid she be a beautiful woman um yeah nigella shot back i know right (laughs) nigella shot back and she said you know i can wear eyeliner and have an opinion and i've said that before Mm. in this podcast but that really sums up to me a lot of what a modern lady is and so i think for our little modern ladies um they need to know that taking care of their houses one day and their families that these things require great skill and hard work and that it's truly of the greatest value and especially mm-hmm. it's important to know that our joy as modern lady um, is is contagious? Is contagious. So our daughters need to see that in us now, and it's and it was another thing to add to our to do list, right? Remember, be joyful, and right. because it's contagious. <laughs> but truly, if we fully accept and submit ourselves to this role and and fall in love with it, that joy will naturally come out of it, and that is the greatest lesson that our little modern ladies can learn, especially in this world that prides itself on being so feminist and so modern, but yet. It doesn't celebrate traditional femininity. So they need to see us celebrating that because we are their greatest influence.
1: Right. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Like showing that there is not that dichotomy that the culture presents. It does not actually exist for the majority of women right you you (laughs) think you have to be one or the other but most of us are some combination of those two things yeah and um unless they're seeing that in real women around them how will they know so that's right and like you
0: you just said real women around them so surround yourselves as well as a family with other modern ladies like that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's so good
0: so Michelle Lara Beth is wondering how do you handle small children in mass um she's also wondering what are some of the things that you and I do to keep spiritually balanced
1: yeah my kids they're they tend to be happy um, but very rambunctious like those we have four of them um my oldest daughter is just kind of getting out of the rambunctious. Stage, but we still have those five year old boys. And <laughs> oh man, uh, I feel like I'm sweating. Like, oh my <laughs> by goodness, the time yes. we reached the Psalm, yes. I'm just done. Um, but I would uh, share just something that I keep in mind. And if this ever becomes a, a topic for a whole show itself as well, we can go into more depth. But it occurred to me one Sunday. That this frustration that I feel not being able to hear the homily, the uh, embarrassment, it is embarrassing. All of these things are an interior pain. Right. Right. Uh, and it, the thought occurred to me, you should offer this up yeah. uh, for their adult faith. It doesn't take away the behavior at yeah. all. And there are definitely, we do have to address behavior sometimes after mass for sure. Yeah. Um But it definitely can take the edge off. That's all I would say.
0: I think there's so much more we both could go into on this. So I really do Mm -hmm. think we should make this a full episode. Um, There was just a big discussion happening kind of about this on my Facebook. And I realized that this is something so many people are struggling with. And this is something that turns families away from going to mass. It really is a deal breaker for some families. And so we don't want that to happen. And we've both been there and we're all in it together. So we will look into doing a full episode about this.
1: Yeah, I'm really holding myself back here, actually. So mm-hmm, that would yeah. be wise. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we get to the, the last question then that yes. we receive from yes. a listener.
0: And this is also from Lara Beth. And she's wondering how you and I keep, quote, spiritually balanced. So we think that what you want to know just kind of um, how we tend to our spiritual lives and, and keep that balance with the other commitments we have in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, for me, and I was really surprised by this, um, growing up, I didn't read my Bible very consistently, uh, but for the last couple of years, I've subscribed to the Magnificat magazine, and I've been doing the daily mass readings in the mornings, and I'm very surprised, pleasantly (laughs) surprised, by what an impact that has made on my day. I do notice a difference when I don't read scripture in the mornings now. So that is a big way I keep spiritually balanced. And it's short, too. It's maybe five minutes. And um, the other thing, too, is a constant learning of the faith through podcasts, homilies, spiritual reading. I know you're the same way, Mm -hmm. Lindsay. And to be able to learn about the faith really gets me fired up about it. So um, I think for me, it's finding what works for myself uh, and to be able to retain that info and just doing that. On repeat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. I would have said the podcasts and YouTube talks as well. Um, I mentioned um, Census Fidelium on my Instagram this week. That is yours and my favorite YouTube channel. Those Mm -hmm. are some hard hitting homilies, um, some of the best stuff you'll ever hear. I pretty much have that on in the background of my house all day, every day. So my kids are also hearing in the background as they're playing um, amazing, amazing homilies. And they're kind of hopefully just absorbing that in through their day. Um, I think for me, the point I'm at now is a lot of meditation on my smallness and that as you and I always talk about like we try to grow in humility which is really hard actually when you're given a platform like a podcast where you get to talk about yourself and answer questions about yourself yeah. and then you try <laughs> to sell yourself on Instagram and social media and so for somebody like me that struggles with pride um, giving me all of these platforms that just help Fill me up more isn't um, necessarily this, the most healthy thing for me spiritually. So um, I make sure I meditate a lot on my smallness. And then when I do mm-hmm. that and I try to magnify God and all of the things that I do in my life and in all of the things he has done in my life, when I fully realize that none of this is because of my own doing. Um, mm-hmm. that I fully can stay balanced then in that sense. And so there can't I can't help but be balanced because I can see truly the proper order of things in my life.
1: Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I just
0: finished last night my first ever Charles Dickens novel, and I, yeah, I, I looked up what his top five were, and I found that Consistently Great Expectations was rated as his top book. So I thought I mm. would start with that. And now, let me just say, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Charles Dickens as a man. Uh, There's a great documentary on the BBC, kind of how about he taught how he treated his wife and his children. And so I just want to put it out there that I'm not necessarily a fan of the man, but I wanted to, okay. as I explore through the classics, I, I really did want to read one of his books. And I love the book. <laughs> Having come out of so many dry Victorian novels, as you know, yeah. I've been making my way through, <laughs> uh, I was really expecting another dry Victorian novel. And this was like edge of my seat excitement and some points really? like yeah and I was creeped out by some parts and I was moved very deeply by some of the descriptions of love and the descriptions of the beauty of the landscape it was he is a bang up writer like it just I was highlighting like crazy throughout that book so um I might do another Dickens I try not to read two of the same author within a certain amount of time as I work my way through the classics but great expectations really blew me away and I had zero expectations Expectations for great expectations. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how could I not? Actually, I wasn't even thinking of that. I'm like, how can I not work in that? I had actually had zero expectations. <laughs> you must, oh, and, of course. And then um, I was looking at, I, and you probably do the same thing, right? You read the book, and then you look up film adaptations yes and oh so, yeah right and so I realized I remember in the late 90s that there was a, a film made uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow and Ethan Hawke and I've not seen the movie or clips of it since like 1998 so I looked it up today and I'm like okay this is so not the story at all like it, it really oh. messes it up but mm-hmm. then I just saw that there was a 2013 version with Helena Bonham Carter and Rafe Fines, who I'm a massive Rafe oh, Fines yes. fan um, that looks really good so I think maybe I'll curl up this weekend and we haven't done a movie in weeks and I really, really need a movie night. So I think I'll try that 2013, uh, version of the movie. So Michelle, what have you been loving this week?
1: So this week we finally have gotten to season six of Chefs Table. Oh, you do Netflix. We have. Yeah, it's been out for a long time. Yes, and it has. often you and I both are kind of like chomping at the bit, like yeah, waiting yeah. for the season. Um now last season I remember we talked about <laughs> how they seem to focus a lot more on the chefs themselves yes. and their stories, right? They are biographical yeah. and we were kind of like meh about yeah. that you know uh, what it's
0: funny i never re-listened to our old episodes and just listened to that episode yesterday where we had that discussion what? about
1: chef yeah wow i never <laughs> listened to an old one so yeah weird oh yeah but, okay <laughs> so this season i feel they've done a, a good job of balancing the two aspects of chef's oh, table okay. so there is still a lot of biography about the chefs uh, but it is a little bit more about the food again so maybe it's just that their biography is relevant to the food yeah. um, and how they now cook and how they see food so yeah I really saw a theme of chefs that started out trying to avoid the culinary culture of their childhoods oh cool yeah that uh, like and it doesn't state that anywhere but that just seems to be uh, we've watched three out of four of the episodes and um, that seems to be what they do and how they have since returned to embrace their cultures and to do incredible things with them so it's been the perfect mix of engaging but also calm and mellow entertainment (laughs) for me right now yes at its finest as per usual um and it has just been a delight and I finish every episode and I turn to Phil and I say I actually want to be friends with this person (laughs) yeah yeah Okay, that's going to do it for us this week, and if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs, that's S-A-C-H-S. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Linny Autumn. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time.